What's up, guys? This is David back with Maverick and Elena. Let's go. Truth What's and up? Love podcast covering important biblical issues, hopefully in a loving way. What's up, guys? Let's go. <laughs> hey, you going Barbie back to back, bro? Dude, honestly, this hat, I get, I've gotten so many compliments on this hat from guys and gals. So I'm I just like, I'm not shocked. I can't take it off. It, uh, Barbie. It's iconic. It's iconic. It is iconic. I agree. Is, okay, no. on the note of movies, uh, you watched Remember the Titans. I was like, you know what? I have to watch this movie. I'm so encouraged. Um, and I, I went home and I watched it. And? And? You, you, uh, okay. Overrated. <laughs> oh my God. I agree and I haven't even overrated. seen it. Overrated. It's overrated. That, that, is it, it was good. That is a lie. No. That is un. Unbelievable take on good. one of the greatest movies that God has ever allowed to be created. Remember the Titans. There's racial unity. They go undefeated. That's what I'm always looking for in every movie is racial <laughs> unity. <Yes>. And world <laughs> peace. There's so many iconic lines in there. I mean, have you heard? You know when people go like, strong side. You've heard people like, <laughs> yes. Are you serious? I've never heard that. Oh, the only, no. No, no. Man, what are you, like 14? You never heard somebody be like, <laughs> never heard, be I've like, never heard that either. Oh, that no. is so iconic. Is like I'm so thing? disappointed right now. Uh, it's Denzel's like most iconic movie next to, there's probably a few other ones that are iconic too. Um, but it was a movie that when you're watching it, it's like, you can you can cry. Like I was oh, like totally. I was like man I could I could cry right now if I wanted. When you think about like this was real. Yeah, yeah. And like this happened. It's like, oh, it's so sad thinking about history like that. Because today it's like, it's just not like that at all. Yeah, the, so m- like, the moment in the hospital when he's like, uh, that's my brother. And then yeah. she says, only Ken allowed, or no, he says, only Ken are allowed in here. Yeah. Ken's a funny word. And he's like, Alice or something. Can't you see that's my brother? Yeah. Dude, it's such a strange Oh, and the, I, it was like right after that when his mom like walks out <laughs> on the stands. Yes. And it's like, yeah, it, that, that, that moment was like, oh. Man, I'm going to go rewatch that movie. It's a, it's a good movie. And it just, it. Yeah, like you said, it reminds you of like what what it used to be like. Cause like for me growing up, I grew up homeschooled, and like I, especially being homeschooled, like I just never saw like any really racial diversity of like anything or like, tension or anything. Yeah, it was it. never yeah. like like my friend my friends that are are black or my friends that are um, Hispanic or Indian. Like we were just all friends. Like it was never like totally didn't even register that it's like oh they're like different. And it's like crazy to think like kids grew up thinking. I can't hang out with that person. Yeah. Anyway, it's a great movie, people. All right. Regardless of the takes around us, it's worth your time. And uh, that's not what we're talking about today, though. No. So today, we get a lot of questions in about faith, Christianity, things like that. And a question we've gotten recently a couple times is, what are Christians saved from? Mm -hmm. So we thought we'd jump into that because it is kind of a weird thing to say of like, are you saved? And people are like, saved from what? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk about it. What are you saved from and what does it mean to be saved? Yeah. Probably be the thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like we hit a little bit on this last time, didn't we? On like, hey, you're saved from hell. You're saved from the wrath of God. You're saved when you trust in Christ. You're saved from the penalty of your sins, that everyone has committed sins against God, against other people, but ultimately every sin is a sin against God. And that sin requires or creates a debt or has consequences to it. And one of those consequences is that the wages of sin is death. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So you're saved from the penalty of your sins, that somebody has to pay it. And when we trust in Christ, we accept him as the payment. It's like this week, this is crazy. I got hit twice 
I my car within a two weeks period, within a two week period, got no. backed into by a person, and then last week, a week and a half, I'm driving home. Car is already. I'm like working with insurance, and yeah. this person's got to get it fixed. And I'm driving home, and I'm about to turn left, and um, and I get rear-ended by a truck <laughs> and a trailer. I know. That's really scary. I, I know. It's a total mess. Like, I mean, like, I was wait, totally a truck fine. and a trailer, just like a regular truck? Yeah, like just a, behind me. Just okay. like a, a... But not a semi-truck. No, like a landscaping gotcha, truck. Gotcha, Big yeah. truck. Poof, just in the back. I'm like, and oh your Camry. So I just like destroyed yes. your Camry. 100%. There's <laughs> yeah. a big hole literally <laughs> nice. in the back of my Is car Is it time right for now. a new car now? It, pray, it may be time for a new car. But either way, it, it, now all of the insurance and the headache has to happen. So they yeah. were very apologetic, both people. Yeah. But they still did an action that created something that there's damage that's done that somebody has to pay for, for it to be made right. Yeah. Whether it's me or whether it's them or whether it's an insurance company, like somebody's paying for the damage that somebody's was created. Somebody's got a bill. Somebody's got a bill. <laughs> and when we sin, there is, we can be apologetic, we can ask for forgiveness, but it creates damage that somebody has to pay for. And I could, I could say, man, don't worry about it. You hit my car. I'm going to cover it. But I'm still paying for it. Mm-hmm. Or they could say, I'm so sorry. Hey, here's somebody to, to repair the damage. But my point is somebody has to pay for it. And the same is true with sin. Somebody's paying for that. Either we will pay for the damage created from our sin for all of eternity apart from God, or we accept Jesus who paid for it on the cross. He's offered to pay for the damage that we created. And we can either accept his payment and accept that. And in doing so, we receive forgiveness and we escape or have the penalty for our sins paid for by Jesus. That's what we're safe from. Or we will pay for them ourselves for all of eternity. So I guess why – this was a hard question for me for a long time is why would a loving God even create a hell that yeah. we have to like why, – why we even have a bill? Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like why? I think C.S. Lewis, who's like an author, really famous author, who is, he was an atheist for a long time, and then he became a Christian, and he wrote tons of Christian books. And he writes a book where he basically describes and talks about hell, and it's called The Great Divorce, and it's it's a really fascinating book. But one of the ways that he depicts hell, I think, is is most helpful for me in that he describes it as hell is a place where basically God says to anyone who won't say to him, thy will be done— Anyone who's unwilling yeah. to say, God, thy will be done. No, I want to be my own God. Not thy will be done, my will be done. Hell is a place where God says, thy will be done. You want to be apart from me, or you want to be your own God, or you don't want to worship me as God, man, I will give you the ability to be removed from anything connected to me, which is everything good. In other words, he says, hell is a place where the door is locked from the inside. That if you could allow people out, they wouldn't want to come out because they don't want a relationship with God. They don't want to be in a place of worshiping, which is what they were created for. They want to be their own God. They want to worship themselves. And once he describes, you strip away everything good from a person, because that's anything good is from God. Mm -hmm. And so anything in hell has nothing connected to God. Once you strip away anything good from them, they don't want to worship anybody but themselves. And God allows that destination, or allows them to have that for all of eternity. Uh, And so... As it relates to why God essentially is giving them, giving anyone who doesn't want to worship God the ability to have the freedom to not do that for all of eternity. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So like the the idea that you're fed as like uh, a child or like um, even in my adult life of like uh, hell being this like fiery uh, torment, uh, just like place you don't want to be is yeah. 
I'm I'm gonna assume probably more of a way of them explaining it in the Bible of like this is bad. Yes. Than trying to explain it's just existence without God. Yes. Yes. It, uh, it, in the same way that like streets of gold. Yeah. Are trying to epitomize, hey, doesn't the, necessarily mean there's streets of gold. Yeah, there could be, but it's it's another way of saying, hey, even the pavement, the asphalt is mm-hmm. made of the most valuable things gotcha. that we think of here. Like yeah. that's uh, it's an analogous way of communicating, hey, fire and eternal torment where yeah. it never goes out. Well, we know that fire consumes anything that mm-hmm. it burns, and so it's either a very different type of fire or there's some element that it doesn't allow it to consume. But I think to your point, it's the author way, it's the author and the Bible's way of communicating just a torment that we can have some concept. The the truth I think is, is it's far worse. Yeah. Than even flames that never consume. I think it's just, it's anything good ripped away, which is why Jesus went to the cross, died. God himself died in our place so that no one would have to escape that. And we're also told that God doesn't want anyone to escape that. And so where I can find comfort in anybody going to hell is that if God loves them more than I do, if God knows every single person, if God desires every person to have a relationship and be with him for all of eternity, God is doing everything that he can to have as many, we're told in Second Peter chapter 3, as many as possible be saved and come into a relationship with him. And so if there's anybody that out there that... Uh, I, I think we think of it like, man, maybe somebody really wants to worship God. They just never got the gospel told to them. Yeah. And now they're going to spend eternity apart from God. When you read the Bible, I think we can find comfort in the character of God and that he desires every single person mm-hmm. to be saved. Well, so he's going to give as many opportunities for as many people to have the play, come to a place where they recognize God as sovereign. I mean, Romans yeah. 1 says that somebody is guilty, that his invisible attributes have been clearly seen in all of creation. Mm. So I think it could be possible that there could be somebody who lived in the 600 BC and they came to a place where they recognized, hey, I am a sinful person. I know that I'm not perfect. I know I'm a sinful person. I know that something created this universe around me. Mm. And whoever that is, I'm unworthy of having a relationship with him. And so I submit myself and say, hey, if I'm going to have a relationship with God, it will be entirely dependent on that God allowing me to do that. And then having a genuine faith and being a God-fearer, despite the fact that they lived separated or apart from ever hearing the specific, what we would say, the gospel today. Yeah. Yeah. But like, what about, so there's people that today are never probably going to hear the gospel. They'll die without hearing the gospel. Yeah. And that's a horrible thought. I hate that. But in the Bible, I get you're saying like, you can look at creation and see that there's a God that created all this, but there's... Um, a verse, I want to say it's Rome, It's Romans 9 or Romans 10, something yeah. there, that says if uh, you confess with your tongue and you accept Jesus Christ yeah. in your heart, how how can those people accept Jesus Christ yeah. if they've never heard of Jesus Christ? Like they can look at creation and know there's a God, but if they never accepted the Son, how are they going to go to heaven? Yeah, I think it's different. I would, I would almost partition it based on kind of the timeline and when... So I'll give you a couple answers. Okay. Um, I think... Prior to Jesus, is it possible that someone could be a God-fearer and that they came to a place where they really believe there's one God, I'm a sinful person, Yeah, I'm unworthy of having a relationship with that God, and if I'm going to have any sort of relationship with God, it'll only be based on the mercy of that God. In other words, uh, Socrates was killed, and I'm not even saying, man, I really think that Socrates is a believer, but one of the reasons, you remember the ancient... Greek philosopher Socrates, a lot of like Aristotle, Plato, yeah, a lot I've of those heard things. Of 
Great. Socrates was killed for being a monotheist. Mm-hmm. Like everyone uh, else is a polytheist. They believe mm-hmm. there's lots of God. And Socrates thought, no, there's only one God. And he ended up having his life taken from him as a result of that. It's wow. possible that Socrates could have been a believer and mm-hmm. that he believed, I think there is just one God. We are unworthy sinners. And it ended up that he was killed, that we possibly may meet Socrates in heaven someday. Mm-hmm. So all of that's pre-Christ, though. So now yeah. let's think post-Christ for the person, the bush, the person who lives out there who's never heard the gospel, yeah. right? Because that's your question? Yeah, like I, I know there's like island, there's like an island and there's some people today that are still uncontacted tribes. Yeah. Um, and if we tried to go there, our diseases would kill them um, or they would they, they just kill anybody that comes there. Yeah. You know, like how are those people ever going to hear the gospel? Yeah. So there's the answer for the Christian, which is, hey, that's why the Great Commission is so important. So, so to all the Christians listening, it's like, that's why we're called to go yeah. and to be wise and how we attempt to make contact and to share the message of the gospel, to give to mission organizations that are reaching those people because they are reaching, and believers are reaching the lost all across the world. People are coming to Jesus in every nation, every continent, every language, et cetera. So there's that answer of like, hey, we should really focus on how do we spread the gospel. Then there's like the intellectual answer to how can uh, that be possible or what do we do with that, right? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I would say, I'm going to give you an answer that I, um, I think, I, I don't know that I believe it, but it, it <laughs> no, no, no. Let's hear but it. at least addresses one example of okay. a way yeah. that that could be possible. Yeah. Okay. Like how could God be good, and how could that all oh, the Bible be true, yeah. and the gospel be the message by which people are saved, and somebody never hear the message of the gospel, yeah. and God, all those things coexist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's possible that anyone who never hears the message of the gospel is somebody that had they had a ten if they lived ten billion years. They still, God knows, they never would have accepted and come to a place of trusting in Jesus. That anyone who's never heard it, they could be someone who, no matter how long they live, they never would have accepted Jesus. Like, in other so words, that would come back to like predestination. Predestination yeah. that God is going to allow every person that desires and would genuinely want to step into faith to have exposure to trusting in the gospel. That's why I'm not. I'm not saying I believe like, it. Why would I'm just God saying create a person to like. That he knows would never, ever choose him. In other words, why would he not only create people that would trust in Jesus? I guess that sounds stupid, but yeah. yeah. I mean, I think he, I mean, he that, allowed free will. That's and, the th- Yeah, he allowed free will. So that's the one thing Yeah, that you can't, like, if you can't choose it, I under, I feel that too. Like, yeah. I know what you're saying. It's really confusing. Totally. What I have to land back on is, number one, the free will situation where it's like, it's not love if you force someone or like it's not right you know we have a choice and i think that's what's so unique about us being human and so there's that piece but then also i have to always go back to for me that you know the bible talks about his ways are way higher than his our ways his thoughts are way higher than our thoughts we can never fully understand why like and to us it can look so ridiculous like why would that be the case and honestly, I have to land on like, I don't know, but I do think that there's a good reason for it because he did it and I know he's good. Yeah. So I have to trust that. But it is really confusing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. I, and I think all of that it reflects oftentimes we have a posture that is like, why would he not allow everyone in? And I think 
when you read and as you understand God and our sinfulness and brokenness and unworthiness, the more you go, why would he let any of us in? Like, right. why would he allow any of us to have? Why do we allow any of us to trust in Christ? And what a important message that we have to a world that needs Jesus, that God has left us here to share that message with Jesus. And he loves them so much he would give his life for them. And he loves them so much that he would let us live our lives for Jesus to now go tell him about that. So I, I think there's also that tension of like, man, at the end of the day, no one is worthy. Every one of us deserves because of our sins by nature and by our decision-making to spend eternity apart from God. And yet God, rich in mercy, allowed many of us and wants all of us to have a relationship with him. But I think that's a, that's a tension yeah. that you feel because you're a, an image bearer, that you're made in the image of mm -hmm. God. And so, of course, you're going, hey, I, I want both justice mm -hmm. and I also want mercy and I have a heart of love. And I think that reflects the fact that you're made in the image of God. That in other words, if you were like, you know what? I'm totally comfortable with people spending billions of years in hell. Good for them. They should. That would reflect it. probably yeah. a heart that that doesn't certainly is not like Jesus because right. Jesus wasn't okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, man, I'm, gonna, I'm willing to die so that they don't have to spend yeah. any time apart from God. I do think, though, a lot of to your point of like, oh, there's people out there in islands that will never hear the gospel. I think a lot of times people who say that kind of want it out for themselves. Do you know what I mean? Like they want it out of like, well, there's someone out there who didn't hear the gospel and they didn't accept it. So that must mean like God's not good. And that's why I don't want to be a part of mm. it. You know, the thing like they kind of want an out to be like, see, your God's not good that like you say he is, because if he was, he wouldn't do this or he wouldn't let bad things happen to good people. And, you know, yeah. those types of things. And I, the thing is, is like anyone listening to this specific podcast has heard the gospel, right? Well, most likely. And yeah. well, we're about to share it if, I mean, we've already kind yeah. of shared it, but it's like a lot of times, like in this podcast, we will tell you what the gospel is, we'll share it and you've heard it. So it kind of leaves you without, you have, you don't really have that excuse anymore. Like yeah. you have to make a choice. Like you have to decide what do you believe? And that's a hard thing like to go through. Cause you do have, if you have doubts and all that, you need to wrestle through those. There's answers to a lot of your questions. One website that we've used a lot is called gotquestions.org. And it has so many questions, some, so many basic questions that they answer, really complex questions that they answer. Um, it's really helpful for me when I have a question about faith, I go there and see what they have to say. And it's all based on scripture. So if you do have questions, you can check out that. Um, it's a great resource. Yeah, it, it is. And I do think that, you know, you everyone has to make that choice of what you believe. So I think one thing we wanted to share is like, okay, people could be listening and be like, okay, I definitely don't want to go to hell. That sounds terrifying. Mm -hmm. I'm, I agree. Um, I would love to go to heaven. It's everything good. It's in the presence of God. We're going to spend eternity somewhere. That sounds like a great option. Yeah. You know, it'd be preferred. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really great option. So how do I start that relationship with Jesus? Or like, what do I need to do? Like, what's that first step of like, is there a special prayer that you prayed? What do I need to say? Like, how do, you know, is there a special? Yeah. Is there a magic word? You know what I mean? Like yeah, that? Yeah. Be like, well, what do I do? <laughs> magic <laughs> What's word? magic word? Abracadabra. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> no, I mean, so people will say, hey, have you prayed the prayer or a gospel yeah. prayer? And people can be like, what salvation? prayer, though? Yeah. And a prayer doesn't save you. A prayer yeah. or the special words of the prayer don't save you. It's a prayer that reflects a genuine posture that believes 
mm-hmm. in Jesus. So it's any person that's listening, the gospel, uh, just to clear this up, the Bible doesn't teach good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. It teaches forgiven people go to heaven and spend eternity with God. And the only way that you can have forgiveness, which is the covering of your sin, the release of the damage, the release of the consequences of those sins, the release of the penalty from those sins, is to trust in Jesus, his death and resurrection on the cross, his resurrection as proof that the payment was more than enough. Just like whenever you go, if you have a debit card or you got a gift card and you go buy something and you've kind of used that gift card a few times. And so you don't know how much you have left and you're like, oh, did it go through? Oh, it went through. Perfect. I had more than enough to cover whatever I was trying to buy. That's what the resurrection showed us. Jesus's death was more than enough to cover the sins of all people. So to anyone who's never trusted that, it's coming to a place of recognizing I'm a sinner. God, I believe that you died in my place on the cross, paying for my sin, everything bad I've ever done or everything sinful I ever will do, you paid for it. I don't deserve it, and yet you paid for it. Your death in my place, your resurrection from the dead showed the payment was more than enough, and I received that. Take my life. I surrender it to you, and will you use me to share the gospel with other people around? But it's believing and receiving Jesus Mm -hmm. as your Lord and Savior. Yeah. To go back to hell, I mean, one thing that is interesting in Luke 16 is we're told this story of a man who's sitting in hell, and you can go read it later, later, and Mm -hmm. there's a poor man, Lazarus, and basically these two people die, and one goes to uh, Abraham's bosom, which is kind of an intermediate state of heaven right now, and then one goes to this place. Abraham's bosom. Yeah. (laughs) I ain't never heard of that. Yeah, it's it's a wild... (laughs) Basically, hey, where you would go right now. Okay. Like, if you die, there's an intermediate state of paradise, you could call it. Jesus says today he'll be with me in paradise the new heaven. before the new heavens okay. and the new earth because this earth is going to be made new like gotcha. like here so okay. is it purgatory no it's not purgatory because i think that's what it can kind of sound like right but no, it's not that purgatory is like where you would go before you I mean, purgatory is not true right and that's a catholic teaching that we don't believe is true that was introduced really in the middle ages this idea it's not in the bible right um and it's an idea of purgatory is where you go to pay off some of your sins before you get to go to be in paradise uh-huh. which is so like heretical. a labor camp. heavy stuff man almost like a labor camp or almost like depending on how bad you lived then you'd have to go live Interesting. there which flies in the face of the gospel yeah as though like your access to heaven has anything to do with you uh right yeah mm-hmm. so not purgatory yeah Abraham's bosom is basically he was sitting with Abraham is why he's described it. So it's a it's a parable Jesus is saying, and one goes to paradise, mm-hmm. and then one goes to this place of torment, and he's called the rich man. And the rich man basically is having a conversation um, with Abraham, and he's saying, hey, uh, go and tell my other brothers. I have seven other brothers. Somebody go tell them how to not spend eternity here. And hey, will you tell Lazarus to come give me a cup of water to put my finger because it's, it's, uh, it's hot. <laughs> What's interesting is the man never once. <laughs> it's hot in here. The man never once asked to get out. And to my point earlier about like it's oh, locked from the really? inside, he never once is like, "Hey, let me out of here." Yeah, I've never really thought about that. No, he just says, "Hey, tell Lazarus to still do my bidding." So he's still focused only on himself. And then, as it relates to his brothers, he's like, "Can somebody go tell?" my brothers so that they don't have to come here. He never once says, hey, please, can I come out? And then Jesus responds brilliantly and says, hey, even if they saw someone rise from the dead, they would not believe. Yeah. And they would not receive that gift of eternal life and they still would want to come here. And yeah. so it's, it's a fascinating further on that C.S. Lewis yeah. idea. But um, 
I think in summary, man, anyone can have eternal life with God mm-hmm. by trusting in Jesus. God wants no one to perish or no one to be apart from him. He created every person. He loves every person. He gave his life for every person. And the way that we can have eternal life is by trusting in Jesus. Mm-hmm. So what about the people that are watching this and they're like, hey, man, you know, I gave my life to Jesus and I'm reading the Bible. And I see here it says that there's going to be people that get to heaven and say, Lord, did I not cast out demons in your name? Did yeah. I not prophesy in your yeah. name? And people that have done all these great things still aren't getting in. Yeah. How am I going to get in? Yeah, I think it's possible. I mean, the purgatory is kind of related to that because there could be people going like, man, I gave a lot to church. Yeah. There, that statement, look at all the ways that they're pointing at what they did. Mm-hmm. I. I, 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 I. And they're pointing to their resume. And no one's going to get in pointing to their resume. The thing to make sure because I think behind that question is, hey, is it possible that you think you're a Christian and that you attended church and you went on mission trips and you you read your Bible devotional and mm-hmm. you um, thought that you were a Christian and you actually weren't? Yes. And the way you can know is, have I actually genuinely trusted in Jesus? Is he my Lord and my Savior? Is the Spirit of God now convicting and leading my life in a way that I, I don't want to live for myself alone, but I want to live for him? We exist in that tension where even as a believer, you still have times where like a Paul, like Paul in Romans 7, where he's like, man, why do I do what I don't want to do? Yeah. And the things that I want to do, I don't do. So that tension is still real, mm-hmm. but that reflects the tension of the Holy Spirit, like convicting. Because even that, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not like, why do mm-hmm. I keep doing what I don't want to do? And the things I want to do, I, I just, it's hard for me to do. That's a person who has the Spirit convicting them and leading them. So point being, for anyone out there, how can you be sure if you have trusted in Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? Got you. So you get to heaven and God's like, why should I let you in? If it's a bunch of I statements. Yeah. It's probably not going to work. Yeah, that's <laughs> for sure <laughs> not going to work. You're probably getting the boot. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So I mean, I think that's a huge relief to know that it's not up to you yeah. and that— I know when I didn't fully understand the gospel, like I grew up going to church and I didn't fully get it. I thought the people in the sure. Bible were really good people. Yeah. I thought I remember reading right? the Bible and be like, I wish I was like them. I wish I was as good as them. I wish I could like, and I was so young. I didn't really understand. Yeah. Like I'll never be as good as King David. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like you read, when you actually read the Bible, like when I read the Bible as an adult, I was like, oh, wow, like to your, your message this weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's About yeah. King David. Yeah. Well, when this comes out, it won't be this last weekend. But, oh, you know, yeah. your recent message, which you should share on in a second. But, um, yeah, it's it's like King David himself, who was like a man after God's heart. He made so many big mistakes. Will you share about that message a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I didn't even get to go into all of them. Yeah. Like, it is wild when you read the Bible and yeah. you, you don't look at it at the lens of like, oh, children's stories. That right. Noah was a man who was right. a good man and God's no, Noah was was like his lineage as a father, he ends up getting drunk shortly after they arrive. He's naked on the beach. His kids uncover his nakedness. Uh, like he uh, there's, there's so many train wrecks. You look at mm-hmm. Abraham and I'll share about David. But when you go through and you look at their example or Jacob, like yeah. you lied and you took from your brother and then your mom supported it. Like yeah. this is yeah. so dysfunctional. Right. Um, certainly not how Jesus would act. Mm-hmm. You know, God used all that and was over all that. But yeah, King David, um, he was a polygamist. Like he married a lot of women. God said not to do that. He had yeah. concubines. Which is like, what is it like? It's prostitute? Like, it's I like guess? a prostitute that that basically is on retention. 
you know, like you yeah. like retainer. Yeah, like, like yeah. It's like hey, they're part of my harem. That you know, I um, I'm not gonna make them a wife, uh, and so any children I would have with them are not gonna be royals. But you know, I want to have them around. In like case. that is so messed up. It's so crazy. I honestly was thinking about concubines. That had to be one of the worst, like ancient jobs. Right. Like, Whoa. I mean, as a woman, I and, think so. And yeah, it would be horrible. I mean, yeah. you're, you're exposed to the palace, but here's the thought that I really hit me is like you're not having legitimate children. So like your 401k, which was kids in that day, you're not able to like have provision. And yeah. then the value of a concubine when they hit 60, I'm, I'm guessing it's not high. Yeah. And, or even uh, after having a couple kids. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's such a fly. <laughs> yeah. It flies in the face of God's design yeah. and how we wanted men and women, one man, one woman marriage, all that stuff. But then, sure. So David's polygamist. He murders a guy after he cheats on his wife or he sleeps with another man's wife. And then to not get caught, he kills the other guy. And then even as a father, like he over and over fails, his, his one of his kids runs away. And David does nothing. He's like, let him go. Great. Yeah. Even though he's outside the city, his son comes back. And for a whole year, he doesn't even go say hi to him. It was just not a good example. On his deathbed, David was calling for the hit of like a mafia boss of tell Solomon, hey, there's these oh, other yeah. two guys. Uh, don't let them live. You know? <laughs> and uh, it's like, dude, that, about it like that. that's so <laughs> messed up. Um, and but so, yeah. All these people we think are amazing are just broken sinners. Yeah. yeah. And it's honestly kind of a relief. It was a relief to me to know that because I was like, okay, so it really is not about like how good you are, what you do. Like really Jesus is the only way in. So to anyone listening who feels like they are, they've already made too many mistakes that they've already just done things that God would never forgive them for. That's just not true. That's like the enemy making you believe that because um, there's so much good on the other side of trusting in Jesus and the enemy just wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And if you feel like you're just not good enough, God would never accept you. That's just, you need to know that's just straight up lie. Yeah. And if you believe in the gospel, mm-hmm. that's all. That's totally. really all there is. I mean, there's more. Yeah. You trust in yeah. Christ, yeah. There's obviously a lot more to go into when it comes to faith, Christianity. There's yeah. so many questions. So we'll continue to answer these as time goes on. But I think, is that for today? That's it. That's a wrap. Let's go. See you next week. Truth and Love Pod. Peace.